This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast with Art Wiederman, CPA. I am your host, Art Wiederman, and welcome to 2024. Now, hard to believe for me, 2024 is here. Uh, I am here in my world broadcast headquarters here in Southern California um, on the evening of January the 2nd. And this podcast will be published uh, eight days from now on January the 10th. And uh, I wanted to share some things with you tonight, uh, not only personal things about this podcast, but also uh, some ideas of where I think you can be successful in 2024. I'm going to give you some updates on... uh, (laughs) article in accounting today called Telling the IRS from the Crooks and How to Fight Back. And we're going to share some information on how not to get scammed. I'm going to give you some updates on the uh, IRS's uh, program regarding the the employee retention tax credit. There's been a lot of fraud in that program. And like I said, then I'm going to talk to you again about where I think you should be going in 2024, what you should be focusing on 2024. And because my, my objective in this podcast is to help you to be the best that you could possibly be to meet all of your personal business financial goals and dreams and to have a wonderful, happy and fulfilling personal and professional life. And this is a very special time for me because about a month ago on December the 3rd of 2018, yes, 2018, My first podcast was published on the internet. I didn't have any listeners. Um, I told a bunch of my clients, hey, I'm going to do this podcast thing. And my first guest was my dear, dear friend, uh, who is the president of our National Academy of Dental CPAs. His name is Alan Schiff. He is an incredible dental CPA out of Baltimore, Maryland. And I interviewed Alan and we talked about uh, how to detect fraud. And we're now about 185 podcasts later, thousands, tens of thousands of you are listening to my podcast every single month, every year. Uh, I am absolutely floored by the 
faith and trust you've had in the information that we have provided. And it has been an absolute joy, I repeat, an absolute joy for me to do this. And I want to thank you on my five-year anniversary of doing this. And by the way, a quick aside, how did I ever start to decide to do a podcast? And the way I started to do that is in 2017, I hosted our National Academy of Dental CPAs meeting. We had 100 people at our meeting at the Hyatt Regency in Huntington Beach. We had uh, 10 sponsors. We had amazing speakers. And one of the speakers is my dear friend, Gary Takis, who's been on this podcast two or three times. Uh, He's just an amazing, amazing dental consultant and coach and uh, a mentor to me. Um, He and I are about the same age, but he's still consider him a mentor. And we're standing in my kitchen in Huntington Beach right before the meeting because I had a bunch of people over. And he says, you know, Art, you love being in front of a microphone. You should do a podcast. And I said to him, Gary, what's a podcast? I, honest to God, didn't know what a podcast was. I had never listened to one. And he started telling me. And he says, Art, this is a great way for you to be on the radio. And I don't know if I've mentioned this, but... uh, (laughs) We'll call it my midlife crisis back in uh, late 1999 and 2000. Um, I went out and bought a bunch of radio time on KRLA in Los Angeles and was trying to develop a radio career. And I actually built an audience. It was called The Art of Finance. I interviewed some amazing people. Susie Orman, the famous uh, financial planning guru, Dr. Tony Grant, uh, uh, many authors of many books in the financial field. And uh, we built a really nice audience. And I had written a book called The Art of Finance and self-published it. And I sold about uh, you know 2,000 copies that paid for the publishing. And uh, had we not hit 9-11-2001, the horrible day in American history when... Um, uh, we had the uh, terrorist attacks uh, on our country. Uh, I was in the process of doing a uh, a deal with uh, a large uh, bank and getting my book published by a large publisher. But when that happened, when the terrorist attacks happened, that kind of shut down a lot of this kind of stuff. And I went back to being a CPA. So doing a podcast gave me the opportunity to kind of be in front of a microphone, which as I've told you guys many times is one of my three happy places. And it has been an absolute joy. I've interviewed the president and the executive director of the American Dental Association. I've interviewed people from the ADA. I've interviewed numerous dentists who are prominent um, in, in, uh, in dentistry. I've interviewed many consultants on all kinds of different issues. I've done shows myself. It is just an absolute joy, and the feedback I've received from all of you has just been incredible. So I want to thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Please continue to tell your friends. Uh, if you have any comments about the podcast, you want to hear something, send me an email at awiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, at idebailey.com, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. And uh, give me a call, 657-279-3243. I would love to hear from you. I've talked to many of you, especially during the pandemic. So before I get started talking to you about my plan for you and your practice and where I see things going, and I'm very optimistic about 2024, before I get started with that, 
there's something that's very near and dear to my heart that I want to share with my audience, with, with, with the dentists out there, the, the thousands that listen to this podcast. Um, when we formed the Academy of Dental CPAs back in 2001, um, one of the first folks I met in this group uh, was a dental CPA out of Boston by the name of Larry Rosen. Uh, Larry had uh, was partners in, uh, in one of the largest, probably the largest dental CPA firm in the Northeastern United States. But Larry was just a very, very special individual. He mentored me a lot in my early days as a dental CPA. Uh, we would talk on the phone, we would talk at our meetings, and I would always very much um, look forward to his conversations. Um, unfortunately, we lost Larry in 2021 due to Parkinson's disease, uh, but his legacy is not going to be forgotten, and this is what I want to share with everybody today. I have on, uh, on the line right now with me also a very, very dear friend and golfing buddy, uh, Larry's son, Mark. Uh, Mark Rosen uh, basically is the managing partner. I don't know if that's technically his title, but he is the managing partner of uh, Rosen uh, and Associates, which is uh, a very large, uh, the same firm that his father ran that he took over. And uh, Mark and his uh, siblings uh, have formed the Larry S. Rosen Memorial Foundation. That's what I want uh, Mark to share with you some about. How are you doing today, Mark? Good to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on. I know you mentioned uh, a thousand listeners. Uh, I'm sure there are more tens of thousands of listeners. So hopefully we have we have thousands of people <laughs> that listen. But anyway, so tell. Uh, first of all, again, you know, you're, you're just a fantastic young man. And I'm, I'm privileged to have you as my friend and to see every six months at our dental CPA meeting. And you, you just made an uh, you've taken your dad's practice and taken it to new levels and, and kudos to you. But Talk about your dad a little bit and talk about his foundation. I uh, will. No, I, I appreciate it. Love, uh, love obviously seeing every six months and of course golfing together. But uh, my father, Larry, was, was, was who brought me into the group. Um, I am the managing partner of Rosen and Associates, which is where the accounting firm that my father founded. Uh, and so in his career, you know, he spent time developing, you know, helping dentists, young dentists from school all the way through retirement and go caring for them as if they were his children along the way. And so unfortunately, like you mentioned, in 2021, um, he passed away, you know, with Parkinson's disease. And so at that time, I really wanted to make sure that his legacy just continued and wanted to make sure that, you know, I knew people would remember him through the dental industry, but I wanted it to kind of go beyond uh, a couple of years if we could. So we created this foundation and the foundation sort of has three functions. Um, one function is to help find a, a cure for Parkinson's disease, which Larry lived with for um, several years. But then it also is creating a scholarship for students pursuing a career in accounting, just like we have big passion, and then in dentistry. And I'm, I'm happy to say that in 2023, we gave away our first scholarship to a 2027 uh, Tufts Dental grad in the Boston area. We're happy to help out. Uh, and to do so, they were able to kind of write an essay and, and apply. And so we got some applications and, and talked to some, some great young people and uh, great soon-to-be dentists and, and gave away that scholarship. And so we created a, a website uh, in doing so. So maybe you'll say it later on, but the website 
is the LSR Memorial Foundation dot org. So LSR Memorial Foundation dot org. And on there, you're able to help donate to help join. Uh, participate in this foundation to grow it and also we're revamping everything you'll be able to apply on there or reach out to us on there to um, uh, ask about an application of some sort but um, we're very excited we've now um, been going for two years now and had a golf tournament to raise money and have reached out to clients but uh, it's been going great so far and I'm, I'm super excited to have me on here I really appreciate so, it well again mark I I don't I don't make these kind of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have uh, conversations like this very often, but this is something very near and dear to me. I mean, your your dad was just one of the finest human beings I ever knew, and uh, it broke my heart when we got the news that he had passed. But the fact that you and your siblings have taken the effort to form a, a 501c3 charity uh, to not only uh, help fight this this terrible disease of Parkinson's, uh, but but also to help. Uh, people not only in uh, you know not only in accounting, which is where you and I had spent our careers, but but also in the dental field, which is where our listeners are. So, uh, doctors, if 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 you feel inclined, um, I uh, I am donating to this foundation myself, and I'm going to encourage you to consider doing it. Um, it's uh, I've got the website right up here on my screen. It's ls our memorial foundation.org we'll put that in the show notes um and uh you know this money is going to go to very good causes of not only fighting parkinson's disease but also uh helping uh young dentists in their pursuits of uh becoming dentists so uh mark thank you for that i think that is just a wonderful legacy to leave to your dad and um uh, I'm thrilled to be part of it, and I will promote it anytime I want. It's my podcast, and this is a very special thing, and your dad was very special to me. I appreciate it very much. He loved the ADCPA, definitely loved you, Art, and uh, obviously loved the profession of accounting and, of course, dentistry, since we spent our life in both uh, and continue to to have his legacy live on through the office and also through his new foundation. All right. So again, folks, that's LS, lsrmemorialfoundation.org. Um, and again, in 2024, you'll be able to, uh, you're updating the website, you said, uh, right yep. now I'm looking, you can donate. And, uh, by the way, for my listeners who do like income tax deductions, um, you know, you make a donation to the Larry S. Rosa Memorial Foundation and you will get a tax deduction. Is that not right, Mr. CPA? That is 100% correct, Mr. CPA. They'll, they'll even send, they'll even send you a receipt for that. So there you go. Hey, Mark, we thank you so will. much. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, Art. Good luck with everything. Good luck in 2024 with your listeners, too. Same to you, too. Thank you for your uh, great information and for coming on with me. Be sure to check out our new Ide Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform. Now, let's get into some things uh, that I want to talk about. Before I do that, I do need to thank my wonderful, wonderful sponsors, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com. 140 continuing education classes at a very, very reasonable price. Go to www.decisionsindentistry.com. 
Uh, we're going to have some very, very exciting news for you probably in the month of January or February. Uh, might be pushing into March uh, about some new uh, new things that are going to be coming out through Decisions in Dentistry that I'm involved with. I'm very, very excited. And uh, once I have all the information, I'll, I'll let you know all about it. So with that said, I want to get into a couple things before I kind of tell you what I think you should be doing for 2024. Number one, we still to this day get calls from clients about the fact, well, I got I got a text message from the IRS and they and then they left me a, a message on my voicemail and they said that if you don't if you don't call back within uh, two hours, uh, they're gonna come and take you away, take me away and, and I'm gonna go to jail. Well, Folks, I need to clear up some of the um, uh, <laughs> some of the things that are out there that uh, you might be getting involved with or might be actually hearing from. There are lots and lots of bad guys out there. So let's talk about a couple of things the way the IRS communicates. Number one, they don't call and they don't text you. So they will not call you directly. I actually, my wife got a call about, God, seven or eight years ago. And she handed me the phone and this uh, gentleman basically started yelling at me and saying, you are in serious, serious trouble and you must give me all of your information or else they are going to come and take you and your wife uh, away to jail. At which point I knew what was going on. I smiled at my wife and I said, sir, uh, you might be interested to know that I work for the Criminal Investigation Division of the Internal Revenue Service. Click, hung up on me immediately. So these scammers are going after easy prey. Hopefully it won't be you. So I'm going to read you some stuff off of an article from uh, the um, publication Accounting Today. Uh, first of all, uh, they don't call, they don't text. IRS impersonation scams involve fake text messages, social media accounts, email and phone calls. One key to spotting a ripoff is remembering that the IRS does not, I repeat, does not initiate unexpected contact using any of these. If you're going to be audited, folks, they're going to send you a letter in the mail to your home address, and it's going to talk about the fact that they are initiating an audit and what they're going to audit you about. And it's not going to be a text or a phone call. Um it sure does not, con it says the IRS does not contact folks for payment now or else demanding credit or debit card numbers. Scammers are looking for personal information, PIN numbers, passwords, and other data. So do not, if you get a phone call, hang up, just hang up. Here's another one. In phone scams, victims are told that if they do not call back, a warrant will be issued for their arrest. Nope doesn't work that way, folks. You got to do a lot of really, really bad stuff to have the IRS come out and issue a warrant for your arrest. Other verbal threats, other verbal threats include revocation of driver's license, deportation, or police at the door. So they'll tell you all these things. Crooks fake caller ID numbers to appear to be anywhere in the country including from an IRS office, but also on occasion from sheriff's offices, DMVs, federal agencies, and other places. Okay, here's another one for you. In one recent ripoff, a mailing arrives in a cardboard envelope from a delivery service. Your attention is arrested. 
The enclosed letter includes the IRS masthead and says the notice is, quote, in relation to your unclaimed refund. Also, like many scams, the letter includes contact information and a phone number that do not belong to the IRS, not to mention English or questionable design. Anytime you get a letter that has grammar errors, and I've seen a lot of them, you know it's a scam. But the letter does want a variety of your personal information in order for them to be able to help to file for you to get the fictitious refund. Another refund scam wants, quote, a clear phone of your driver's license, a clear photo of your driver's license that clearly displays all four angles taken in a place with good lighting. It should always be in good lighting, folks. If you're going to get scammed, it should be in good lighting. I have no doubt. The communication plows on to request more info, including your cell phone number, bank routing information, social security number, and bank type. Um, Red flags. Letter contains a variety of warning signals. So you get a letter from the IRS. Odd punctuation. A mixture of fonts as well as inaccuracy, saying, for instance, that the deadline for filing tax refunds is October 17th. It was actually October 16th for last year. And that those owed refunds from last year have time beyond that to file. You'll need to get this. Uh, you'll you'll need to get this to get your refunds after filing. These must be given to a filing agent who will help you submit your unclaimed property claim. Once you send all the information, please try to be checking your email for responses from the agent. Thank you. Okay, that's just some examples. So bottom line, do not be intimidated. Do not accept phone calls from people that say they're from the IRS. Do not answer text messages. Do not answer emails. Even if they send you something that looks like an official IRS document with the IRS's logo, they will not contact that you that way. They will contact you by mail, most of the time certified mail. Okay, so what if you get scammed? And this is from this article in Accounting Today. Targeted taxpayers should report sketchy caller ID or callback numbers to the IRS by emailing phishing, that's P-F-I-S-H-I-N-G, at irs.gov with the subject IRS phone scam. They should copy entire suspicious texts and send them to that same irs.gov email address. Include the caller ID, date, time, and time zone, and the number that received the message. They can also report scams to the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration or the Internet Crime Complaint Center. And they should never click on any unsolicited communication claiming to be the IRS. That, folks, and this is the worst part of this, and I've heard this once or twice, that could load malware or ransomware onto your computer. And we all know what that means because we've done podcasts on cybersecurity. So if you want, you can get a six-digit identity protection pin that prevents ID thieves from filing a tax return using your social security number, or ITIN. And it helps the IRS to verify your identity when you file electronically or by paper. So that is that as far as getting scammed. The scammers are getting smarter. They're getting more aggressive. They're getting worse and worse and worse. And I do not want that to happen to you. My listeners are the smartest dentists on the planet, and they don't fall for scams. 
Okay. With that said, let's touch on uh, another topic before we get into my uh, rules of the road for 2024. Okay. So I've been talking about the employee retention tax credit forever, right? And uh, we have done over 100, and I think we're close to 150, just my group alone. I Bailey has done thousands of them. Um, and it is a legitimate credit. And uh, without going into great detail, basically, you either have to meet a mathematical test or you have had to have a mandatory government shutdown. Folks, the scammers have gone out and made this into a boondoggle. They have scammed tens and maybe hundreds of millions of dollars from the federal government by literally going into boiler rooms and calling every business that they could get a phone number for and saying, hey, you can get up to $26,000 in IRS free money because you're breathing. No, it's not quite that simple. So the IRS has recognized this. So they've done several things. Number one, back in late 2023, they actually stopped processing ERTC um, applications. Now, they have indicated that they're going to stop through at least December 31 of 2023, a couple of days ago. Um, but they'll let everybody know when they're going to start processing them. They got so many applications and many of them fraudulent, they just said, we have to stop. Okay, the next thing they did is they went out and they sent letters to 20,000 taxpayers who had filed claims and basically said, uh, you know, yeah, no, you're not getting your money. We are denying your claim. Some of these claims, claims came from businesses that did not exist. They came um from businesses that didn't have any employees. Uh, they came from fake this and fake that. So that's the second thing the IRS did. But now on December 22nd, so about 10 days ago, the IRS did this really cool thing. I, I've never seen, I've been in, I've been a tax preparer for over 40 years and I have never seen this before. So the IRS has launched a new voluntary disclosure program for employers that received employee retention credits for which they were not eligible. So you want to go to IRS announcement 2024-3, and the citation is 2024-2 IRB, which means Internal Revenue Bulletin, uh, Volume 1. And this program that the IRS announced will run through March 22nd, 2024. So here's what the IRS is going to do. The IRS says, you know what? Here's the deal. If you enter into this program and you truly, you got this money, okay? You got $100,000 from the ERC. You don't think you should have gotten it. You went back and you checked with other people and you got, uh, I'm not going to say you got scammed, but maybe you got scammed or whatever you got. You don't deserve this money and you want to give it back. So the IRS has created this program, okay, where under the program, businesses that opt into the program can keep 20% of the credit that you claimed in case you paid a contingency fee to a promoter. Most of the people that were being aggressive and going after taxpayers and filing fraudulent claims were asking for anywhere between 20 and 35% of the credit, basically on a contingency basis. So the IRS come up with a came up with a percentage and said, you know what? 
we know you paid someone a fee to do this. So we're going to let you keep 20% of this. All right. And if you do this, they're not going to be, they're not going to charge you interest or penalties on the credits that you've repaid. So you've had this money for a year, two years, however long it's been since they sent you the money and you're going to send them back 80% of it. And guess what, folks? You don't have to pay interest on that money. And they are they have paid you interest on these credits. They're not going to ask that back either. They're not going to ask for that back. But here's the interesting thing. And there's a lot more details to this, which I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over. Okay. But here is the other thing that they are also going to require you to do. If you enter into this program, all right, the commissioner of the Internal Revenue Service said that aggressive promoters will not be off the hook. So if you are an employer that participated in the ERC program and you're now saying, I, I this was not right, I want to give the money back, you give back 80% of it. You don't have to pay interest on that 80%. You get to keep the interest that they paid you. So employers that participate in the disclosure program will be required to provide the names and details of any advisors who assisted with the claim. According to Commissioner Werfel of the IRS, quote, this will help with our ongoing efforts to gather information on promoters who created this situation by aggressively pushing people to apply for the credit. And on and on. So, folks, if you have any questions, shoot me an email. Give me a call. We've got a whole ERC group. Uh, we can help you with that if you really believe that you uh, do not uh, deserve this money. You get to keep a little bit of it, but you probably paid a fee, so it might just break you even. So uh, the IRS is very, very, very serious about all of this. Uh, they are aggressively, and I repeat, folks, aggressively going after these promoters. People will go to prison over this. I can guarantee this to you. And if you were talked into this um, by a promoter who assured you that they were going to be able to get this and it's perfectly legal and because you're breathing, you get the credit and you had a social distance and you couldn't get in 95 masks and your goldfish died and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, they're going to come after a lot of people. The IRS doesn't have the resources to come after every single business owner who took this credit illegally, but they have, I have not seen them this adamant about going after a program because it has just been such an incredible amount of fraud in this program. So with that said, talked about my podcast, five years. I'm just thrilled about that. And so I, I want to start 2024 with you guys. And I want to talk about a couple things. I want to talk about the importance of having a financial plan. I want to talk about, I mean, I, I am I am absolutely passionate about this subject. Uh, I want to do talk about what can we do to the top line of your dental practice. Doctors, you're not going to make a lot more money by changing dental supply companies and buying gloves for 50 cents less a box. It's not how it works. Um, I want to talk about two topics that are very passionate to me. One is changing your relationship with insurance plans, and the other one is the culture of your office. 
So doctors, the two biggest things, like I say, the two biggest challenges facing you today are your relationship with insurance and the difficulty in finding and retaining good team members. So we're going to get to that in a minute. But I want to talk about financial planning. And you all work very, very hard. What you do is very physically demanding, mentally demanding. Uh, You can't just take a month off, close your office, and take a trip to Australia or Europe or something like that. Uh, Running a business, whether it's a dental practice, a CPA practice, which I ran for 33 years, is not a a 40-hour-a-week job. We all know that. So we want you to have the ability to meet your goals and to have the life that you only dreamed of. So first of all, I'm going to, and some of these are going to be you know, some of Art's golden rules, which I've talked about on this program for five years. First of all, I want you to choose a date to retire. This is a great time to start, 2024. If you are 57 years old, I want you to think about when do you want to retire? That doesn't mean that you're ready to retire. That doesn't mean that you don't love and have a passion for dentistry. Um, you know, I, 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 and I'm, I'm going to have Dr. Leanne Brady from the Panky Institute, uh, who is a practicing dentist in Arizona, who is one of the most amazing people I've ever heard speak. And I've heard a lot of people speak and, you know, you gotta love what you do. She loves what she does. And I hope you do too, but you want to pick a time, whether you have the, you know, that you have the financial ability and that you want to retire. Maybe it's 65, maybe it's 70, maybe it's 75, but pick a date. Let's, let's, let's start planning for that. Now, now you may get to that date and say, no, I don't want to, I still want to practice. I still love doing this. And the money is nice. Well, that's up to you. I want you to think about in the month of January to go to your financial advisor. And we do this at I Bailey all the time. Run a retirement projection with your financial advisor to see how much you need and if you are on track. I cannot tell you how many doctors have come to me to sell their dental practices. And the first question I always ask them is, do you have enough to retire? And about one in four will say to me, I haven't thought about that. I, I think I do. I'm not really sure. And then I go, I'm not selling your practice until we know the answer to that question. Run the projections. Are you on track? Are you saving enough? If you don't have a qualified retirement plan, you got to have a qualified retirement plan. We'll talk about that in a second. But I want you to run the projections. I want you to have a plan so that when you get to that age, you can walk away because you want to, not because you have to. I want you for 2024 to see what you can do to increase your retirement plan contributions or to upgrade to a different plan. Dentists have the ability to use three different retirement plans. We call them baby bear, mama bear, and papa bear. Baby bear is simple IRA. You can put away to make it really easy. We're not going to get into the great detail about that tonight. Somewhere between twenty dollars and $40,000 a year in a simple IRA. A profit-sharing plan with a 401k component. If you have a spouse who is on your payroll, you can put away pretty darn close to or right at $100,000 for yourself and your spouse, and maybe a $10,000-$15,000 contribution for your dental team. And if you really want to save money with the IRS, 
you can do what's called a defined benefit pension plan, where and that's for anybody who can put away more than a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand, three, four hundred thousand dollars. I want you to look in twenty twenty four, folks. If you're saving fifty thousand this year, maybe you had a loan that paid off. Let's put that three thousand a month into retirement. Uh, I want you to save more. I want you to save as much as you can. It doesn't go bad. It's not like cheese that gets moldy. Okay. It's money. It doesn't get moldy. It doesn't go bad. The more, the better. So I want you to increase them, the retirement contributions. And I want you to see if you are ready to upgrade, maybe from the simple to the profit sharing, maybe the profit sharing to the defined benefit. Okay. The next thing I want you to do is to get your credit card debt under control. The average interest rate right now for credit cards is about 23%, a little over 23%. And we now have credit card debt in this country at approximately $1.08 trillion and growing. Credit card debt is the devil. It is scary. If you have too much of it, if you're making minimum payments, if you can't find your way out of this little treadmill that you're running on, let's put a plan together to get you out of debt because these are the interest rates and these are the types of debt that will absolutely bury you financially. Make sure in 2024, if you don't have a will or a living trust or any estate documents, I want you to to call an estate planning attorney. I'm a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, www.adcpa.org. And we have 25 members across the country. Ide Bailey is a proud member. I was a founding member of this group in 2001. And we can get you to a really good estate and trust attorney. You really, really want to do this. Um, I recently had a a long-term client of our practice uh, pass away. It was actually about 10 days ago. And folks, it's not pretty when you don't have your stuff in um, together and your act is in a disarray. Look at your insurance policies. Do you have enough life insurance? Do you have enough disability insurance? Should you have long-term care insurance? Most of you are sadly underinsured for life insurance. I have always talked about this. You need enough money to pay off your house, put your kids through college. Uh, And I'm not talking about community college, folks. I'm talking Stanford, Yale, uh, schools like that. And have enough of a pot so that if you have a spouse who is uh, surviving you, who does not work outside the house, but they have a pot of money that they can continue to live their lives on. Uh, Disability insurance, how much should you have? As much as you can get. That's really, really important. You hate writing the checks, but if you get disabled, it's really nice to have. And then long-term care insurance, that's a conversation with a financial planner. But uh, uh, I... uh, we had to put my uh, my late mother-in-law in a um, an assisted living facility, and she passed away about 10, 11 years ago. And back then, it was about seven to eight thousand a month. It is a lot more now. Okay, look at at the beginning of this year, folks. Any expenses that you have that you don't need anymore? All right, you can look at your cable bill. I went 
into my cable company. They have outlets here in Southern California. And I hadn't looked at my cable bill in like, let's say, how long has it been? Forever. So I found a really nice young man on a Saturday afternoon. And he said, let's look. He says, you have, Mr. Wiederman. And again, I'm a very, very busy guy. Guilty is charged here. I didn't really look at this. Okay. And we were paying maybe, you know, $300 a month. And we have, you know, that includes an alarm and that includes the internet. And that includes uh, all the channels, you know, all those 3000 sports channels that by law I'm required to have to watch every football game and every basketball game that's ever been played. Right. So he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to knock out A, B, C, and D, put you on this new plan. He saved me in about two hours. It took two hours, a little over $150 a month. That's $1,800 a year. That's a lot of money. Okay. You can do the same thing with your cell phone bill. Go into your provider, sit down, take an hour. Okay. I mean, my two hours saved me, what did I say? $1,800. That's $900 an hour, folks. That's, that's good work if you can get it. If you can produce $900 an hour as a dentist, uh, well, I want you to come on this podcast and tell me how you do it because that's really, really good. So between my cell phone and my cable bill, I saved pretty close to $300 a month. And that's money in my pocket. So if you don't have a financial plan, get a financial plan. There are lots of really good, competent, certified financial planners uh, that, that are out there. And, it, and a financial plan is not just how much do I need to retire. You get into debt management, you get into insurance, investments, children's college education planning, estate planning, income tax planning, retirement planning. That's what a financial plan is. It's not something you do in two hours and you put it in a drawer. It's something that takes a long time, six months to a year, to really put it together and make several iterations of it until it, it looks right. And you should always be looking at it. You know, two, three times a year, you should be looking at it with your financial planner saying, am I on track? Because I don't want you to get to the age of 65 or 70 or whatever age you're thinking about retiring and saying, oops, I blew it. I can't do it. I got to keep working and I don't want to. So, okay. So that's the importance of having a financial plan. How am I going to be able to meet that financial plan, folks? And the way you're going to meet it is to grow the top line of your dental practice. Every single additional dollar that you can generate in your dental practice is going to generate an additional 70 to 80% marginal net profit. Because to generate, let's say you did one additional crown. Let's let's make the numbers easy. Call it $1,000, okay? So the only additional cost you have to do that, you don't need any additional team members to do that. You don't need any additional rent. You don't have an additional um, you know, ADA dues. You don't have additional repairs. So to generate that $1,000, the only thing you've got is lab and supplies. Call it 15%, call it 20%, whatever you want. That's 80% marginal profit. If you could generate an additional 10, six, let's, let's just call it, make it easy. You work four days a week, 15 days a month, let's just say. And you could generate an additional $1,000 a day, one additional unit a day, 15000 a month. That means that ten to $12,000 a month 
drops to the bottom line of your dental practice. Now, you can't add 50 or 100,000 without adding additional days of hygiene and maybe someone in the front and someone in the back. But to add 10 to $20,000 a month, I guarantee you, the vast majority of you listening to this podcast can add that without any additional team members whatsoever. Okay. So, what's your growth plan? Where's the additional revenues? You want to grow 20% next year. Where's it going to come from? Okay. Are you going to do some new marketing? Um, we have a, a wonderful, uh, the wondrous dental marketing. Uh, company, uh, Michael and Laura are going to be coming on here uh, sometime in it's either February or March. They gave some really great marketing tips on this podcast that I recorded back in December. Okay. Are you going to hire a marketing company? Are you going to do new procedures? Are you going to start? Um, are you going to add uh, Invisalign to your practice? Are you going to place implants? Are you going to do endo? Are you going to do uh, other procedures. Are you going to do sleep apnea? You all know how passionate I am about that because I have sleep apnea. Uh, and I've mentioned this many times. A dentist saved my life about 15 years ago. Discuss this with your team. What can we do to add procedures and processes in our practice to grow the top line? Fee increases. I have dentists who haven't raised their fees in 10 years. Okay. You should be raising your fees every year by the rate of inflation. That's what a fee increase does. It keeps you up with inflation. You should also look. Uh, there's a company out there called NDAS that runs fee surveys every single year on every zip code in the United States. Are you in the 50th percentile? Are you in the 90th percentile? Where do you want to be? What type of dentist are you? Are you a, um, a dentist who's going to be in the 50th percentile and you're catering to maybe people who see you more as a commodity, or are you a top-of-the-line, fee-for-service, state-of-the-art office dentist, and you are going to charge 90 percentile fees? Decide that. Dropping insurance plans. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Changes in your team makeup. If you have a bad apple on your team, I know it's hard to find people, but if you have someone that is causing problems, that is not speaking correctly to patients, being disrespectful, being disrespectful to team members, bringing their personal life drama into the office, you've got to make a change, folks. The, you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. Set a training schedule. What are you going to train on? Are you going to train on some new technology? Are you going to add new equipment? in 2024. Are you going to buy a CBC team machine? How are you going to learn to use it? I had I had four or five clients in my practice who literally called me up after a year or two of buying a CAD CAM machine and saying, and I say, oh, how's that going for you? It was $125,000. Well, we don't really use it a lot. I kind of figured out after I bought it, I really like working with the lab. Okay, folks, we got to have a plan. We got to use training. Every piece of equipment that you buy in that office has got to have a purpose for moving your, your purpose of creating world class service for your patients. It's got to have that purpose. It's not just because your buddies at the Dental Society meeting said, Oh, you got to get this new laser, you got to get this new scanner. You want to really research it and make sure it's right for your practice. Look at the weak areas of your practice. Is your hygiene department have lots of holes? 
Are you not, um, you know, we have one of the, the metrics we talk about is that, you know, 20 to 30% of your production in a dental office should be in hygiene. And of that hygiene production, again, 20 to 30, maybe even a little higher. Uh, I'd have to go to my good friend, Rachel Wallet, Inspired Hygiene. She's got all those statistics off the top of her head. But you should be having at least 20 to 30, 35% of the production in your hygiene department in the 4,000 codes. That's non-surgical periodontal maintenance. Um, quadrants of root planing and, um, you know, 4910, uh, perio maintenance, you, you know, you get a higher fee for that, but you've got to do that. So are is that a weak area of your practice? Are you having trouble collecting money? Does that mean that the person at the front desk doesn't have good verbal skills to explain the options and to make, cause that is in, that you can't leave the supermarket without paying for the loaf of bread Okay, you, you can't leave a retail store and buy a dress or a pair of, of slacks and not pay for it. But you can walk out of a dental office without paying and maybe never paying. So, you know, what about insurance billing? Are you billing insurance timely? What about PPO reimbursements? Are you getting the best reimbursements? There are, uh, I had Shelly DeGrasse on my podcast. She has a company called, uh, I believe it's PPO Advisors. And she helps you to negotiate with these companies. Now they don't negotiate as much as they used to, but you know that's something you should consider. What about your patient experience? Folks, you want a patient, a new patient especially, to walk out of your office and go running down the street singing your praises. You know, how were how were they checking in? How did how were they filling in all of the patient information? Okay. Do you use um, you know, computer software programs that allow you to, you know, text them if there's an opening or have them write reviews. What was the patient experience like in your office? Do you have digital scanning? I went to my dentist here in South Orange County. He's an outstanding dentist. And he did a crown on me and he showed me how the digital scanning works. He says, Art, every patient, I show them how the technology works. And it's, and I know, I know what a digital scanner is, folks. I have a reasonably high dental IQ. Okay. And it was fascinating to watch it. Okay. And, and then CAD CAM, is that something that's right for your practice? That patient experience. I mean, how cool would it be if you are a patient, you go into an office and an hour and 45 uh, minutes later, you walk out of there with a fully cemented crown in your mouth. Didn't happen 30, 40 years ago. And look at your metrics. Look at or if you're using a program like Dental Dental Intel, Dentometrics, those programs like that. What are your pre-appointment, your reappointment percentage? What about new patients? 90 plus percent of your new patients should be rescheduled for their next appointment. And 80% of your existing patients should be reappointed after they leave the hygiene chair uh, for their next appointment. Uh, what are your cancellations and no-shows? Start working on your practice instead of just in your practice. Don't be the type of dentist who says, give me my handpiece, give me my lunch, give me my paycheck, and leave me alone. Any business you have to follow Follow the numbers. If you follow the numbers, I always say, what's my mantra? It's going to be on my gravestone, folks. My life is a math problem. Okay. So what's your plan for 2024? Okay. Let's talk about something I want you to seriously consider. I want you to seriously consider in 2024 changing your relationship with insurance companies. 
Folks, many of you are afraid to go out of network with insurance. Many of you are afraid that you are going to lose your patients and you're going to be there sitting there talking to absolutely nobody but each other. The average discount, write-off, whatever you want to call it, on a PPO plan in the United States of America is 38 to 42%. I don't know a business model in America that could reduce the fees that they are charging to their clients, customers, or in your case, patients that can afford to give up 40% of their revenues. Your net profit, if you are doing this correctly, if you're running a dental practice, should be somewhere in the 33 to 38% of your collectible production. If it's not, we need to talk. But you, you should seriously consider one out of every six dental practices in America has been uh, ha- is going to drop a plan in 2024. This is what we hear. And I talked to my good friends at the ADA and my friends at the California Dental Association and the management consultants that work there tell me the number one phone call they're talking to doctors about every single day. How do I do this? How do I go out of network? We are going to have people on this podcast in 2024 who are going to talk to you about that, who you can rely on to help you with this. So one of the things you should look very seriously about if you do go out of network is, you, so, so what you don't do, folks, is you don't just send a letter to your patients to say, by the way, guys, I listened to Art's podcast and he's right. I'm sick and tired of these insurance companies. So as of um, you know, January 15th, I'm going out of network with every single insurance. So you're now, uh, we're an out of network provider and that's the way it is. You don't want to do that. It takes a year, folks to go out of network with a an insurance plan and you want to do it on your terms. Do not let the insurance company be the one who informs your patients that you are no longer a provider. They'll send a letter in many cases that will say something to the effect of, dear Mrs. Smith, uh, we wanted to inform you that Dr. Jones is no longer a, a an in-network provider uh, for XYZ insurance company. And while that is sad, Mrs. Smith, the good news is that there are several other providers within a two-mile radius of your home, and here are their names and phone numbers. You should go see them. So they're going to steal your patients away from you, okay? The most important thing that you need to do is you need to start. You start with the lowest paying plans or maybe the plans with the least number of patients. And there's a whole scripting that you want to go through, okay? You want to explain to the patients why you're doing this and what is what is going to happen. And what they don't understand is that the difference in the insurance reimbursement in most cases, remember insurance does not cover hundreds of thousands of dollars of dentistry. It usually covers one to $2,000 of dentistry every year. So the difference between being an in-network provider and an out-of-network provider is in many cases, not very much, a couple of hundred dollars. I don't know, but you have to explain this. The patient doesn't understand the world that we live in here, all right? Know the rules if you're going to join an insurance plan. Know the rules, um, you know, is it part of an umbrella network? 
if you're on insurance company XYZ, are you also part of insurance company ABC, DEF, EFG, HHY, ESPN, HBO? Are you part of all these networks? You need to understand that before you drop this. And the most important thing about dropping an insurance plan is that your team must be on board and they must believe in the service that your practice provides. Folks, do not, if you do, let me put it this way. If you do not have a culture in your dental office where there is trust and there is caring and every single patient absolutely worships the ground that you work on, then you may not be ready to go out of network because if your patients trust everything that you tell them, when you explain to them the reasons why, because of the significant discounts that these insurance plans require you to take, that you can no longer afford to have the high quality team members and the high quality labs that we've worked with and the best supplies and all the best technology because the business model no longer works because of what these insurance companies are doing. Okay. That's the fact of the matter. And there's verbal skills that consultants are very good about that to explain. But if your culture in your office, and we're talking about culture here in a minute to kind of wrap up this podcast, if your culture is not a good culture, if the employees are bickering with each other, if they're not smiling, if there aren't hugs when patients come in, if you're not, you know, if it's not a happy, if there's not a lot of laughing going on and the doctor isn't a good leader and the doctor is mean or the doctor is loud or the doctor has personal problems that he or she brings to the office, then there's no way that going out of network is going to work because your patients can see all that and they will not trust you. I want you to strongly consider for 2024 your relationship with dental insurance and whether you wish to change it. You may not. You may not want to. And we're not mentioning any names of any insurance companies. But the fact of the matter is, doctor, is I will tell you this to leave this topic and to go on to my last topic. I will tell you that the doctors that have gone full fever service or out of network with a large number of people. Listen to Gary Takis's podcast, the Less Insurance Dependence Podcast. He'll tell you all about it. Those people that have gone out of network, fee for service, or mostly fee for service, are happier, much, much more profitable, and are doing great things in their dental practices. And the ones that are adding on more PPOs and watching as these insurance companies slash your reimbursements and, and make, you know, send you letters saying, oh, well, we're going to help you, doctors. We're here to help you. No, they're not here to help you. They're here to make huge profits for their executives. That's what they're here to do. So I will now get off my soapbox. Okay. Let's talk about the culture in your office because, folks, culture is everything. People, why do people go to work? People go to work for two reasons. Okay. I mean, if I had my druthers, I'd be on a golf course, on a fly fishing stream, traveling all over the world, and I never would have worked. Okay. And unless my, uh, unless my parents' names were, uh, very wealthy billionaires, which they were not. 
my mother left me her debts in her will. That's our big joke that we had. Okay. You have to work. So why do you work? Number one, you work to make money in order to pay for your life, to pay for yourself, to pay for your spouse, to pay for your significant other, to pay for your family. And the other reason that you work and do something eight hours a day is to do something that you enjoy as a job or a career. And hopefully all of you went to dental school because you had a passion for changing people's lives and helping them to make their lives better. And that's what you guys do. And I will go to my grave saying that. I mean, the respect I have for the dental profession is is unflappable. I mean, it's unbelievable what you guys do for your patients and you change their lives and you have saved lives and it's all good. And, and if you if you haven't recognized that, you really need to take a step back, sit down in a, in a nice, comfortable room, maybe put some music on or something and just think about it because you really do. Okay, so for the money part, when businesses go up, you know, they have to raise their prices, right? You, you can't do that if you're contracted with multiple PPOs. Talked about that. So I want you to think about creating a culture in your office where the following happens. Number one, everyone gets along. If you have one person who is the most negative human being that you've ever met, and they always find a reason to get mad at somebody. They're always mad and they're always angry and they're not happy and they're not laughing. Okay. Jim Valvano, who, if you're not a sports fan, you may not know who Jim Valvano is. But Jim Valvano, go on to YouTube and Google his speech at the ESPY Awards just before he died. He went up and he was given the Lifetime, I believe it was Lifetime Achievement Award. And he talked about several things that you should do. He said you should, among them, he says you should think every day and you should laugh and you should cry. Those are three things. Think, laugh, and cry. I have listened to that talk. It's about 10 minutes. It's a great use of your time. Jim Valvano was an unbelievable orator. I mean, up there, cancer ravaging his body, he got up there and started talking about to never give up and to always live every day to the fullest. Okay? so. I am, I have no patience with negative people. I have no patience with bad people. I have no patience with dishonest people. My mother, years ago, my mother, Cynthia, God bless her, let her rest in peace. She died about 12 years ago. Um, I loved her to death. Uh, Mom, I'm talking about you on my podcast. And she always, you know, she always taught me, you know, about honesty and integrity and transparency, and to always do right by other people, and always be happy, and always smile. We laughed a lot. We argued a lot, you know, but we laughed a lot. So, want to have a culture where everybody gets along. It needs to be patient-centered. Everything you do is for your patients. When I talk to a dentist who's buying a dental practice that I've sold to to them, I don't generally give them advice because I always represent the seller. However, I will say to them, I will say, doctor, here's the first thing that you should say to your team and what you should live every single day of your practice is the following. Team, I am honored and humbled to take over this dental practice. And I want you to know that every single thing that we do in this dental office, from the minute we step in to the minute we lock the door every single day that we're here, 
is going to be for the well-being and total health of our patients. And if you live that and you make that a cause in your office and you and, and everybody knows it, you'll have an amazing practice. Again, the mission of your practice needs to be to do total health care. We understand you're not going to do a lobotomy on anybody, and we understand that you're not going to do heart surgery, but you are looking at doc at everybody's total health. Okay. You know, get them over to a cardiologist, get them over to uh, an asthma doctor, a sleep apnea doctor, uh, if, if you're not one of them. Okay. And remember that you're changing people's lives for the better. Okay. You want to have a culture where your employees would never dream of leaving your dental office. They want to work in your dental office and nowhere else for their careers. And you can tell the practices are good because they have people that have worked for them for 30, 40 years. I had three employees. I've talked about them. I love every one of them to death. Uh, Raquel Goyette was a bookkeeper uh, and my accounting manager, uh, followed by... um, Debbie Sanders, who was my uh, administrative assistant, my office manager, and my dear friend and partner, Pam Chamberlain, who is now a partner at Ide Bailey and one of the best dental CPAs in the country, bar none. And they all worked for me for 30 years because I treated them with respect. And they knew that when they came to me with a problem, I was going to listen to them. Very, very important. Okay. You want to have a culture where your people feel valued and inspired. You want them coming to you and saying, Doc, I think we can do something better. I think we can provide a better experience in the hygiene room. I saw this technology at the dental convention. Can we take a look at that? That's what you want from your team members instead of uh, somebody looking at their watch every five minutes. Oh, it's five to five. It's time to go. Bye. Yeah, you don't want that. Okay where your employees' contributions matter. Always let people know that their contributions matter, that they're as, as, a, as important a member of your team as you, the doctor, are. From the person that is maybe the high school student who's maybe, um, you know, maybe they're helping to do filing after school, to the doctor, to the hygienist, to the front office, to the treatment coordinator, to the people at the front office, Uh, the insurance uh, person, everybody is critical and their contributions matter. The owner, if you don't lead your team and you don't have a clear vision of where you're going, you're never going to get there. I'll say this, and you've heard this many times from me, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And it doesn't work that way. Okay. You want to have a clear vision where the owner gives the team feedback. How are they doing? All right. We never catch people doing anything wrong, but we want to help them to improve. So Susie, I want to let you know that your interaction with Mrs. Smith, let's talk about that for a minute. You never say you are horrible with Mrs. Smith. That's not how you talk to employees. You, and and I, I always use a verbal skill, which I've, I've always liked. And it's it's something to the effect of, it says, so Susie, if it were me in there, this is what I would have done. So in that way, you're not making it personal to Susie. Susie, you screwed up big time. And Mrs. Smith was not treated with the respect that she needs to be treated. 
So, you know, maybe next time, maybe do it this way. And it's a lot less threatening, okay? Work-life balance is really important. Now, many of you have employees that work four days a week, eight hours a day. That's great. That's a nice work-life balance. But you too, doctor, need to have a good work-life balance. I have too many doctors who don't have hobbies. All they do is go to work, go home, eat, and go to sleep. That's not healthy, folks. Golf is a great hobby. Fly fishing is a great hobby. Uh, pickleball is a great hobby, although I haven't played it before. I hear it's a lot of fun. I probably That might be one of the things I try in 2024. Where the owner catches you doing something right and recognizes your accomplishment. How cool would it be at a team meeting to say, hey, Today, I want to recognize what Susie did in the hygiene room with Mrs. Jones, where she was able to explain the importance of not having six, seven, eight millimeter pockets and the importance of flossing and the importance of coming in for your regular checkups twice a year, three times a year, four times a year, whatever it is. We want to recognize people's accomplishments and we want to reward them with accolades so that everybody knows. And hopefully everybody's getting accolades. Training is not only important, um, you know, to, to teach people, but it's got to be integrated into the culture of your practice. Training is critical. If you're not constantly training your team, training your team on everything that has to do from technology to insurance plans to uh, new things that you've learned in your CE. Uh, you know, crown preps and bridges and veneers and um, all these things. If you're not training your team, um, they're missing. You're missing the boat. Want to have a team that not only has all of this, but truly believes, doctors, in the mission of the practice and your mission individually, and where those patient, where those employees don't want to work anywhere else. And if you're looking for team members, I have found the best place to find them is in your current team. Ask your team members, do you have a friend? Do you have a a relative, somebody who would be really, really, really good in this office? And I got some of the best employees that ever worked for me from my other team members. I mean, not always, but happened a lot. So doctors, in summary of today, get your financial planning done in 2024. Figure out a way that we can grow the top line in 2024. What's my growth plan? Let's look at our relationship with insurance. And let's look at the culture of this practice. And is it the right culture? Is it the best culture? Is it the best possible culture that you can have? So again, I want to thank everybody for allowing me this platform for the last five years. Um, I I love this. I love this work. I love presenting. I'm going to be doing more speaking webinars. Um, We'll let you know when those are going to be going on. Um, I am going to be doing a webinar. I think my next webinar is uh, February 21st to the... uh, Nevada Academy of General Dentistry. I'm excited about that. Um, So, you know, I'm going to be speaking and spreading the word as much as I can and continuing this podcast and doing everything that I possibly can, doctors, to help you 
to be better than you are today and to meet all of your goals. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart sincerely. I promise I won't start crying now, but thinking about it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're a regular listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please tell your friends about this podcast. Spread the word. So with that, I just want to again remind you to uh, please check out our uh, partner, Decisions in Dentistry magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com. 140 continuing education courses um, for a very, very reasonable price. Go to www.decisionsindentistry.com. If you are looking for a dental CPA, look no further. Uh, Give me a call if you're not getting what you need from your CPA. My phone number is 657-279-3243, and my email is awiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N, at com. And with that, doctors, this is the start of my sixth year of podcasting, and we're going to do some great things in 2024. I can promise you that. Um, I am going to... One of my goals for 2024 is to break 80 on a golf course. I've gotten 83, played today, shot 93, had a couple of bad holes today. But I read that 20% of the people that pick up golf clubs in the world shoot under 90. And I've done it multiple times in 2023, and I'm getting there. My On my gravestone, it's going to say, I'm moving the pile. I'm getting better. I'm really figuring this out on my golf game. Anyway, with that said, thank you again for the honor and the privilege of your time and for allowing me to do this for the last five years. And I look forward to the next five years with you. And with that said, folks, that is it for the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast with Art Wiederman, CPA. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A W I E D E R M A N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.